The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Your home for comic book talk every week right here on the BICBP radio network. And, uh, well, this is the end of, not the panel discussion, uh, <laughs> not quite yet. But uh, our Spooptober Horror Month is coming to a close with today's episode. And unfortunately, I will not be joined by Greg Knowlton today. Uh, he has some personal stuff that he's got to take care of, and that's understandable. That is a priority. Um, undoubtedly so. So I'm going to do my best uh, to do this episode by myself. Reviewing comics solo is not usually my forte. Uh, I could definitely talk about other things, um, but this month has been Greg's idea. So I wanted to honor his request and uh, finish this up strong with uh, movie monsters. And, And not just any movie. Not the classics like we've talked about. Not the... uh not your Frankensteins, not your Count Draculas. This is something a little bit more, a little bit more than that. Um, we're talking about the Jason Voorhees and the Michael Myers and 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 uh, and many, you know, and many other characters. I will be personally covering two specific characters: Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees. But um, you know, movie monsters are uh, they're they're just so iconic. Uh, you know, everything from Freddy Krueger to the Leprechaun thing and <laughs> Pinhead and, 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 uh, I mean, just, just, just so many it, uh, you know, I was just watching that movie last night. Uh, there's just so many classic, uh, movie monsters out there and you see them, you instantly recognize them. Uh, and it's... <sighs> It's almost weird, but I guess that's what this month is all about. But you're almost cheering on the villains uh, in this movie. Usually, they're hunting down some douchebag kids. Uh, usually, some you know, some some pure, some pure teenagers, but uh, you know, in, in, in adults. But but usually, you're, you're just rooting for them. And I guess that's just what this month is all about. The month of October, Spooptober, Halloween. It's just that time of year, I, I guess, is the, really the best way to put it. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Today's topic is going to be movie monsters. Um, you know, I, I've, I've watched several of them. I'm not going to say I'm a diehard of, you know, that specific brand of movies. I know the characters. Uh, I know them relatively well. I've seen some of the movies. Um, you know, they're, they're just, you got to see the, the, the classics. and But, you know, it's... Like Micah, who we had on a couple weeks ago, and Greg, they're a little bit more in uh, with that sort of thing. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm so lame with my taste in, in entertainment and movie. It's just you know superheroes, sport, like that sort of thing. But um, but yeah, I, I I I do enjoy the theme of it. I played some video games uh, based on these movie monsters, so. So yeah, um, let's give it a let's give it a go. Uh, let's see how how this works. Um, so my first book that I decided to do for this episode 
is called it's Halloween number one, and it is from Chaos Comics. I don't see a release date on the book, but um, but yeah, it wasn't too bad. I'm excited to actually talk about this one. Uh, you know, I'm a big probably the Halloween movie is probably one of my favorite ones. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, the original one was it was done on such a low budget, but just the camera angles and stuff. It was uh, oh, it was just so well done. Uh, you know, to really get that horror element, and it wasn't overly graphic. It wasn't a bloody slasher film, but you knew it was going on. Uh. I love the original concept of Halloween. I do. It's got a great storyline to it, um, and and yeah, uh, obviously they you know a lot of these horror movies they just come out with new ones and new ones and new ones. And they they seem so cheesy uh, and so bad, like Jason X in space. Like, come on. Uh, and the, I think the Michael Myers thing has been drawn out quite a bit. They're trying to rebooted it, rebooted it a couple of times. Um, but overall, not a, uh, I mean, it still gets jumps, um, you know, those jump scares that everybody, you know, everybody likes to get scared every now and then, and I think those are good for it. But regardless, uh, Halloween number one starts off with a gentleman, uh, by the name of, uh, Mr., uh, oh, excuse me, Mr. Doyle. He is, um contacting uh, Michael Cyphers from the county records. Uh, he wants the Loomis files. Dr. Loomis is, you know, anybody who's seen the movies knows uh, Dr. Loomis's connection with Michael Myers. Uh, but he's looking for these files because he wants to write a, a book, uh, essentially. And these Loomis notes are very, very important to um, really, really to him getting this book and it being as successful as it may. Um, and it shows to my uh, this Mr. Cyphers, uh, who is it has a book. He has the note, notes all ready to go, and let's see, froze up for a second there. I gotta love comic books online. Um, Michael actually appears right behind uh, this Cyphers, and. Um, Pulls on the back of his head, and he has his large knife, and the scene cuts from that. Uh, you kind of have an idea what just happened. Um, anyways, this, uh, what's his name? Uh, this Mr. Doyle. And they actually show uh, Michael. He's looking, he's looking through the notebook, and... Uh, He's recanting some uh, some memories and, and uh, obviously a, a scene that I think a lot of people know from the original Halloween, you know, of, of him stabbing his sister to death uh, with her naked lying on the floor, essentially. Um, it's all there. He picked up the clown mask or that, that evil mask that he had and, and did it. Anyways, Mr. Doyle shows up to the office and Michael's hiding behind the door when he opens it up and he walks in with a police officer. Uh they don't know where they don't know where uh, Mr. Cyphers is, but he grabs the notebook. He says that he's all clear to do it, and he walks away. You know, he leaves for his vehicle, and then he comes to see. Uh, well, they cut to a scene where Mr. Cyphers has a knife stabbed through his uh, 
Let's say there was clavicle, um, and he's pinned to the door, the the back of the door. So when uh, Mr. Doyle and the police officer opened up, he couldn't really uh, couldn't really see who it was. But uh, yeah, so Doyle gets back home, starts reading through his book, and it's it essentially goes into a big origin story of. Of Michael's life, uh, you know, his early days. You, you kind of get that in-between, which is really neat. Because we all know um, that he ended up at that therapeutic, uh, pretty much psychiatric center, uh, I guess. You know, we all know how that happened, but we don't really know his upbringing. But we come to find out that he was surrounded by a bunch of kids. Uh, a little bit, some of them a little bit older than him. But um, throughout, throughout the event, pretty much, or throughout this origin story that they keep getting picked off one one after another. Uh, and also, Dr. Loomis is trying to really get through to him. Uh, but they, he keeps getting bullied, essentially. And he is, he's reacting. Is, that's pretty much what it is. Um, yeah, one of, the ki- one of the kids that bullying him is a crayon shoved through his eye. Uh, another one, another kid, eight ate Michael's birthday cake, ate his birthday cake, and Michael kills him in the shower, kills him in the shower. It's like, I'm not sure exactly how, it doesn't show, maybe just piping hot water, just burns all over his body, but the fat kid ends up dying. Um, it says, well, it says here, died of natural causes, but um, yeah, his heart stopped, so he met, he destroyed this kid and a couple other ones they threw a big Halloween party and Michael turned off the light turn off the power uh, without anybody noticing and drowned a girl bobbing for apples so you get kind of a dark sense of who he is uh, Loomis freaks out he knows that Michael's the one to do it but nobody will listen to him there's no official proof they won't he wants Michael to be transferred away from other people. He wants him to be left alone. These people won't listen. Uh, but anyways, this this lady that uh, Loomis is engaged to uh, is walking around the hospital. She covers. She kind of covers for the shift and is kind of walking around. And Loomis comes back to this hospital, and uh, it's very apparent and clear that Michael murdered her. Uh, she's died. She's on the front lawn of this place, all twisted and distorted. Uh, but Michael clearly got to her. And, you know, you can kind of see this is where that obsessiveness comes with, you know, Loomis trying to stop uh, Michael. And it gives a whole new meaning to their relationship in the movies. It, it's it's actually kind of interesting. Um, but regardless, uh, the guy is... Mr. Doyle, he's reading his book. He starts to pour some Jack Daniels into his coffee. And all of a sudden, through his front door, busts Michael Myers. Uh, Doyle shoots him a couple times, gets backhanded, uh, throws his, or excuse me, breaks his bottle of Jack Daniels right in Michael's face, then torches it, uh, lights it on fire with a cigar, oh, a lighter. Uh, and Michael dives out the window with his skull on fire. It's actually really cool vid- visuals. Um, but yeah, I, I have no idea who this Mr. Doyle character is. This is kind of sort of where it ends. But the last quote is Mr. Doyle, this Doyle guy going, You son of a bitch, wherever you are, I'm going to find you and I'm finally going to kill you. 
So I'm not sure who he is, what his relationship to it. I know he wants to write a book, but I don't know if there's been a previous encounter between the two. So, I mean, this is kind of an exciting thing. People get the upper hand on Michael very rarely, at least in the movie's sense. Um, And it's kind of reminiscent of uh, the end of the first movie where Michael... He fell out the window. Can't remember it, ver- you know, exactly the way it was. Fell out the window, um, and then when then when you know they looked for him again, he was gone. Uh, which is actually just creepy visuals with the music. Everything just worked with that. But that's how this book ends. Uh, and this is Halloween number one. It's from what did I say? Chaos Comics. Oh, it's from November of two thousand. November of two thousand. Uh, and the cover is actually really cool. It's a it's a legit still from the first movie. Uh, So I'm going to have to watch that again. But let's get into our grading portion, the artwork. Uh, The artwork, I mean, aside from the cover, which was, like I just said, a still, the artwork was not too shabby. I like the use of the lighting, the the visuals that they use for Michael, uh, the shadows, uh, the blood, everything just... It worked. It worked. I'm not going to give it a perfect score. Uh, but I did enjoy the work there. It's going to be an 8. Action. Plenty of action, uh, especially with the throwback stuff. And at the very end, uh, there was quite a bit of action to really, you know, take in. Uh, and suspense, I, I think it's the best way to uh, really put it as well. The suspense, you know, Greg once described, you know, action as suspenseful. Keeping you on the edge of your seat, not knowing what's coming next. And that could very well, you know, be used here. Uh, there's some very suspenseful, suspenseful stuff in here. I'm going to give the action, I'm going to give it an 8 as well. Story. This is a great story. I'm sure there are a ton of takes on Michael Myers' origin story. Uh, you know, his time in the psychiatric, you know, his place where he spent a good chunk of his life. Um you know, there's many different interpretations, but this one's a good one, and it actually kind of changes how I view the movies a little bit, uh, which I did like. And I'm going to give the story a nine, and I'm actually very curious to see how this all unfolds. Uh, this is why I like comic books, though. It gives you the, it can give you the in betweens of of these movies. You know, give a little bit more than the movies can actually provide. Implement different characters, bring in other characters from lower. Uh, and this was, I think it was. I think this one might have been a one-off, actually. Um, I don't know if it didn't sell well. Uh, I'm not entirely certain. But I think this was a one-off book that uh, never see it, saw a sequel. So I'm actually a little disappointed in that because I'm, I'm just a sucker for this sort of thing. But, yeah. Um, what did I say? 8 plus 8 plus... Eight plus nine, twenty-five. Uh, dialogue, dialogue, very dialogue-driven and very well done. Uh, you know, telling you can feel the emotion of Doctor Loomis. He knows, he knows that Michael is legitimately the devil, uh, just the epitome of evil, and nobody listened. You can feel and hear the frustration, and because nobody listened to him, he ends up, you know, losing his fiance and has this undying, you know, hatred for Michael to keep him contained, locked away. Uh, you know, it, it, it drives him insane. So I'm going to give the dialogue an 8 as well. It's a pretty well-rounded book. And rereadability, it's a full issue. It's one-off. Um, I wish there was more to it, but 
quite honestly, there's plenty to read here. Good origin story as a one-off. Uh, and I'm sure that if I did pick this, you know, if I did run through it again, I'd find something that I missed. So I'm going to give that an 8 as well. 41 out of 50 is my score for Halloween number 1, November of 2000 from Chaos Comics. Uh, so give it a read. I, 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 definitely, uh, I definitely like that one. Uh, my next book, as I said, uh, my two characters are going to be Michael uh, Myers and Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees is a character I know the story of. Um, haven't watched too many movies. Uh, some of the <laughs> the bad ones, like uh, the one Jason Takes New York, I think that was the name of it. Uh, you could tell how into those movies I am. Uh, but I know of Jason X. Uh, I've seen some of the original movies. I actually played the Friday the 13th video game, and it's actually really, really cool. Uh, both the original Nintendo Entertainment System one, which I did defeat Jason once. I'm pretty proud of that. That old uh, LGN game. Classic LGN games. Uh, but I did play the newer one, and I know it got a lot of flack. I liked the overall concept of it, uh, which was done a little bit differently. But I, it, made, it helped me appreciate Jason Voorhees' uh, character. Now, one thing I thought was really, really cool is that there's a lake in Minnesota uh, somewhere that I, I, I think, I'm pretty sure it was in Minnesota, uh, but I found that at the bottom of this lake is a some sort of statue, folk, fully colorized statue of Jason Voorhees sitting at the bottom of this thing. Nobody knows how it got there, uh, when it got there, uh, but I think it's it's really cool and just helps add to his mystique. Um, I know if I would happen to be diving into that thing, I'd be scared pretty senseless. Uh, so yeah, that was uh, <laughs> so that was a thing. Um, but yeah, Friday the Thirteenth. It looks like it has multiple covers to it as well. One of the probably one of the early um, yeah, probably one of the early variant covers. Actually, I'm not even sure when this is from either. So it looks like it's from Wildstorm Comics, number one. Oh, it's okay. It's from February of 2007. So they did have some cool variant covers. Uh, the second one is a lot more lifelike than the first one. Like, a lot more. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a still from the mo- from, from a movie. Um, but this is a six-issue run, I believe. Uh, and, you know, that's something I will, something I will get into uh, eventually, hopefully. But it starts off with uh, Jason Voorhees chasing a uh, a woman who's bloody, beaten. Uh, she's in the woods. She, he's chasing her. He's following her out onto a highway where she she crawls out in front of a uh, an RV with a traveling husband and wife. They pull over. They go to pick her up, and uh, they drive away. And the wife, uh, they're an older couple. They're like, we got to get her to a hospital. This and that. Uh, but the wife goes, you got to go. I see somebody, you know, please go. And and the uh, the older man, he floors it. He knows, uh, you know, he's got to get this girl to the hospital very quickly. Um, so she's in there. She's resting. She's very scared. They had to give her a shot to calm her down. Um, but, yeah, uh, it's obviously happened at Crystal Lake. Uh, Camp Crystal Lake, excuse me. And everybody kind of knows. They're aware of this. uh, They're aware. They call it the death curse. They really don't know it's Jason Voorhees, but they know something is going on over there. Uh, But anyways, they they flash back to two weeks prior. And a couple of kids uh, pull into town. 
and uh, you know they're asking for a ride to Camp Crystal Lake. They, po- they walk into a diner, and not one single person replies to them. And then they start to walk away, and some guy goes, puts his finger across his throat, and uh, acting really wild. Kind of, I don't know if he's not vocal or what, but uh, all he did was laugh. All he did was laugh, and the kids are very obviously irritated. But they start to walk towards. Um, they start to walk walk towards uh, the camp. Uh, another couple people, another group of four people, are driving up, and there it is. Uh, yeah, four cars parked They're at Camp Crystal Lake, and essentially what they're being paid to do. There, all these kids that are coming to work, and what they're being paid to do is um, clean up, clean up the camp spiffy it up because this person just recently bought it. He wants to turn it into a camp. Camp Blood, he wants to call it um, because he, think, he thinks it's going to scare scare kids, which it probably will. Uh, <laughs> looking ahead, uh, it undoubtedly will, um, but maybe for all the wrong reasons. But this guy, he's hired all these people. There's like six, seven uh, people that are there to renovate. And they all know, they all know that Frequent murders happen here. They all know Jason's origin story and how Jason's mom ended up killing a bunch of camp counselors later on. Uh, and the guy drives off. The guy drives off. He wants nothing to do with it, clearly. But, yeah, so the kids, they're all just talking. They're hanging out. Um, they're actually sitting on the pier. Now, uh, this is... Uh, I like that they did this story. I'm just going to say this, but I just feel like the the logic behind it, trying to reopen this Camp Crystal Lake, is like about as bad as the idea of Jurassic World. Um, just not going to work. They're all just sitting on the pier. They're they're talking, chatting, smoozing, schmoozing, uh, just getting to know each other. And one of the girls dives into the lake and... Just enjoying the cold, you know, the swim. And while she's there, she sort of gets pulled underneath the water. Uh, yeah, she gets pulled underneath, and she's being grabbed. And this is really cool visual of a bunch of dead bodies are pulling her under. Um, I don't know if it's her imagination. Oh, I would imagine it's 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 pretty uh, pretty pretty realistic. But they go in, they they pull her out. They they at first they thought that she, they thought that she was joking because. Um, she's a world-class swimmer, state, you know, elite athlete swimmer. Um, they pull in, they pull her up on the, uh, on the dock and they come to find out that she is dead. Uh, and that is how, that's how that book, uh, that story ends. So a big cliffhanger, um, huge cliffhanger and everybody's freaking out. Uh, two of the people are alone in another, you know, another location and um, it's just not a good start to this job by any means but let's get into the review portion and we will call it a episode uh, the artwork from 2007 it is really really good really really good I enjoy the visuals very detailed artwork um, everything not a not a detail missed at all, to be honest with you. I'm not sure who the artist was, but they did a fantastic job of getting this, you know, these visuals across. I'm going to give the artwork a 10. I'm a sucker for good artwork. Action. 
Yeah, it's not as strong. Not a strong point. There was some suspense at the end, um, and some suspense at the beginning, but there wasn't and there wasn't a whole lot of action. Very minimal Jason, and understandably so. It's a first issue trying to set up a bigger story. So I am going to give the action, maybe it a five, mediocre. Uh, the story, excellent cliffhanger, excellent way um, to do it. Like I said, the idea of reopening Camp Crystal Lake is about as dumb as. The you know the real life idea of uh, reopening Jurassic World like why would they do that why would they try this again um, kind of silly uh, in that respect but when you immerse yourself in this topic um, I think it's a fantastic story uh, I, I really do when you look past all that um, from front to back the the concept is really cool uh, and I want to know more about this guy and why he's picking this location I'm going to give the story an eight. Um, dialogue, dialogue, a lot of dialogue, nothing too crazy, nothing too crazy. It was pretty simplistic and easy to follow. Um, you kind of get to know the characters a little bit. They all feel different, unique. Um, and you know, you can kind of tell that using dialogue, they give a little bit of history of the situation, you know, this, the scenario for anybody who may have not seen the movies or doesn't fully understand the, uh, the timeline of the movies. The dialogue did a really good job of explaining kind of the overall story, so I'm gonna give I'm gonna give the dialogue a seven. Nothing nothing too crazy. And rereadability. Would I pick this book up again? Uh, I really want to see more. Uh, I want to see the future future books two through six, and I'm sure there's a lot more action to them. This is a good setup, uh, but uh, I would not. Yeah, I wouldn't run for this book again. Is basically what I'm trying to say. Very limited, Jason. Uh, very, very limited. Uh, so I'm going to give the rereadability a five, giving it a 35 out of 50. So still not bad. Still not bad for Friday the 13th, number one, from February of 2007, uh, and that is a Wild Storm book. But that does it for this week's episode. The end of our Spooptober Horror Month. Uh, you know it's. It's been a fun month for this. I, I always like doing gimmicky podcast episodes, especially this time of year. Uh, last, you know, it's it's easier to do with the comic books. Uh, it really is. I know we did. We've done Christmas specials. We've done them, you know, books based on movies. You know, what's coming out, what's releasing, and this was a fun just overall month to do to really diverse ourselves, to throw ourselves into this. Um, this cult following followed holiday uh, that I enjoy so much. I really, really do. Um, I talked about this a little bit, and I do another podcast, uh, big surprise, called Retro Pop, and we talked about the you know Halloween this past uh, this past Sunday on our episode, and you know I, I just kind of talked. It's Halloween is creative. It's fun. It's dark, twisted, imaginative. Um, it's very lax too. You know, Halloween is like that last holiday beacon of light, <laughs> ironically, uh, before the craziness of the, you know, the Thanksgiving and Christmas chaos season. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's not a bad way 
uh, to kind of head that way. The music, uh, the, the creative costumes and all that. Um, yeah, I, 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 li- I enjoyed it a lot as a kid. Uh, as I got older, I didn't care for it as much, but I like the overall theme, and I like people seeing people get excited uh, about this holiday. So it's, um, it's yeah, enjoy it. You know, if you're dressed up as superheroes, share your, share your pictures to our Facebook page. I want to see your costumes. I love seeing superhero like costumes, cosplay, any of that thing, you know, that stuff. So uh, we definitely enjoy seeing it. And thank you so much. We're going to kind of be, I'm not going to say revamping our formula yet, but we do want to take fan suggestions uh, for future books. And I'm not sure how we're going to do it to add a little bit more fan involvement onto our show. Um you know, have recommendations. We might set up a Patreon where you donate a dollar uh, and can, you know, in, insert a couple books for us uh, for an episode. I'm not sure how we're going to go about it yet, but we want to get the fans more involved, uh, our listeners, which we appreciate so much. Uh, but that's it. I'm going to stop rambling. I had a great time. I really wish Greg was here. Um, but everybody, please enjoy your Halloween. Uh, be safe. Don't do drugs. Uh, <laughs> that sort of thing, really. Uh, until next time, uh, thank you so much for listening to the panel discussion. <laughs> <laughs>